0: everyone come listen to this thing we're doing it's called the
1: The yeah
0: so I'm Chris
1: and I'm Erica
0: and what do we do on this podcast Erica
1: we take some time to talk about young adult ministry and young adults and how that intersects with the Bible yeah all those things
0: and we mostly do that by going through a book of the Bible yes right now we're about to finish Colossians if you have any questions, you can reach us all different ways. There's all kinds of social apps that we are a part of. And uh there's an email address called emcastpod at gmail.com. So yay, let us know if you have any questions or things we can handle.
1: We'd love you. to hear from you.
0: Man, so uh we apparently have guilt tripped people enough. Yes, it's my favorite. Remember when you did the call to action? way back, we used, to way do back? The, we used to do the call to action and which then, we
1: will again we'll just well, totally like through,
0: yeah. I'm not saying that we're done with it yeah, but we, we, we did we it, did it and all. people actually stepped up and like did the things we asked them to do mm-hmm. so then we sort of passive aggressively kept asking for an email the last few episodes and lo and behold we have an <gasps> email James James what is this Uh, Let me answer that question for you, James, since we didn't give you a microphone for various reasons. We don't have a budget, (laughs) so that's the closest thing to celebration we have. That is a crowd cheering.
1: If you didn't know, that's what that was. Celebratory cheering.
0: Now, Erica thinks it sounds more like her episodes of the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Going to raid.
1: Yep, going into battle. Mimo mine. Mine, mine? Yeah. Oh, the Nemo
0: mine would be good too. Mm. So uh, Tanya Arnson, one of my dear friends, Tanya and Matt were youth leaders of mine. Matt was my bus driver at Redeemer in Milwaukee. Sweet. And they were both rock star youth leaders, rock star small group leaders. Um, Yeah, so they're living just north of Milwaukee now. And she emailed about Carlos Whitaker just to make sure that it was all connected. Oh, awesome. So we hooked her up. And gave her that to make sure that it was all connected. And now we're gonna hook her up with a sticker, I think.
1: Yes, let's we do will. It.
0: So, yay! Thank you, Tanya.
1: Yeah, first emails. Wow, making strides.
0: We are conquering the world. <laughs> one, one episode at a time.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: So, uh, with all that fanfare, whatever that
1: cheer, <laughs> was, <laughs> whatever that cheering was,
0: <laughs> let's uh, jump into the read through, shall we? We're going to finish up Colossians. We're in mm-hmm. Colossians 4. Let me start with verse 7. And uh, I'm going to test you on all of these names. Okay. I will pronounce them the way that I was taught to pronounce them. And then I'm going to mock you when you don't do it right.
1: And then do you want me to pronounce them how I thought they would have been?
0: Uh, no, not necessarily. Oh, okay. But I want to see you try to stay consistent. And if you fail oh, at any point, okay. I'm going to do like a buzzer of some sort.
1: Mm. <laughs> I might just do it on purpose then. <laughs> then that's perfect. That's awesome.
0: All right, verse seven. Tychicus will tell you about all my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord.
1: So, who is Tychicus? That's good. There? That's close. First one.
0: Yeah. Uh, he he owned a toy company called Tyco. <laughs> no, that's not true. Stuff. That was my connection though in, in Greek class. I tried oh, to make okay. These connections. Uh, we know very little about Tychicus, except he is apparently one of the people that delivers the letter. Okay. So some have speculated he could be, um, maybe he's literate. Maybe he's the one that actually wrote the letter for Paul and is delivering it as such. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we talked about this in the beginning of the episodes on Colossians. This is a letter that Paul's writing to people. One of the ways, so we know a few things. First of all, we know that Paul was involved in the in the writing, right? Because mm-hmm. he says, it's me, Paul. Mm-hmm. But we also know that there had to be people that were also surrounding him helping write the letter. There was a writer of some sort, whether it was him, Paul himself, which is doubtful, or a paid person who knows shorthand who's able to like create the letter. But then you also have to have someone who's going to deliver the letter and read it aloud knowing Paul's voice and what Paul's trying to accomplish. So you can almost imagine it's like as if a preacher is going along with the letter to then preach the letter to the people. Okay. So it's possible that Tychicus is that guy who's both delivering the letter, knows how to read it, and is going to read it out loud and kind of answer any questions people might have. Or consequently, write down any questions and take them back to Paul. So there's a lot going on in these things that we just don't think about. We think about it as letters today where we just well, we send off them and, and it comes back to us later. Mm-hmm. People didn't know how to read and write. Uh, the vast majority of the population doesn't yeah. know how to do that. So you've got to have somebody who's actually skilled be able to, to do make that. that happen.
1: I mean, he sounds like a good guy. Yep. I like that he's going to inform them of everything that Paul is doing, which, I mean, he's in, he's jail. in prison. So right. is that a lot?
0: Uh, Paul woke up this morning <laughs> and uh, he ate uh, a bowl of gruel.
1: I was totally going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah.
0: then uh, they gave him a piece of bread at lunchtime.
1: Then he did like do some bench pressing and yep they threatened
0: <laughs> he did the uh, he did some reverse squats and uh followed it up with some you know headstand. Okay. Push-ups. Wow. Okay. Wow. Push-ups. He is pulse. Uh, he's a sprightly little fella. <laughs> and uh after we did that we had they gave us some bread for lunch and uh that was pretty much it for the day. That's what Ticketus is going to the, tell I'm them? pretty sure that's the report he's going <laughs> to... Yeah, know, schedule. That, he's going to say, here's the letters we're writing. Here's who we're writing to. Here's how the gospel ministry is being you know, performed. Here's the prison guard that came to Christ. Here's... you know, Yeah. Think of it that way. That's probably better than <laughs> the daily report. <laughs> right? that and the gruel, the gruel is the grossest of the gruels. All right, verse 8. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts.
1: So just sounds like a good guy faithful. to have around yeah mm-hmm. faithful obviously he's been around paul for a, a significant period of time it seems i
0: think the kids say a minute
1: a, a minute a hot minute
0: yeah he's been with paul for a minute <laughs> ah. i sound so cool i can't wait for my Golly. girls for my girls to listen to this and be like man Dad, dad's so cool
1: <laughs> i think it's exactly what they're gonna they say never, they never say no that. no
0: <laughs> yeah took a kiss has been with paul for a minute so he is a good guy to have around Loves Jesus, wants you to know about Jesus, so he delivers the letter in verse Mm -hmm. 8. Verse 9, and with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, Paul's laying it on there, who is Mm -hmm. one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here.
1: So this is kind of a big deal. Like he's now addressing Onesimus, who is a slave, like we talked about this. Um, And everybody that's hearing this letter probably knows Exactly who Onesimus is and what he has done, yes. right? That he ran away, yes. that he did something against his master, which you're not, obviously, as a slave, allowed to do. And now he's returning. And so you're hearing, yeah, as you said, laying it on, like, really kind of letting them know Onesimus is one of us now. Like, he's figured it out and needs to be welcomed as such.
0: Yes. Yeah, he's following Jesus. He's a brother. Uh, the fact that he says our faithful and beloved brother mm-hmm. is laying it on pretty thick Letting it's almost as if there's other places in scriptures that tell us why that's a big deal Oh, there, there is it's, it's a book called Philemon so
1: mm-hmm.
0: alright verse 10 Aristarchus
1: am I supposed to say that again I'm
0: just testing to see uh, we're, no Aristarchus, I'm, I'm listening my f- <laughs>
1: I'm listening how you're saying it <laughs>
0: Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. And then Paul goes into his thoughts. Concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him.
1: (laughs) So, um, again, as we do with a lot of Paul's closing remarks in almost all of his letters, you're like, who are these people, right? I
0: feel like this is a question that I'm I'm hearing a lot this episode. It will be. Okay, great. Because,
1: again... We have not heard, I mean, I've heard obviously Mark because we know the Gospels, right? So I at least know that name. Probably not the same person, yeah. but at least like we know that name. Um, but I, d- I have never heard of Aristarchus oh, in my life. Man, I don't and that's actually a- how I was going to say it too. Oh, so All right. Look at that. Yeah, that's good. I can speak Greek. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: i'm just kidding <laughs> uh
0: i'm not sure that i learned it how to say it correctly so you can't really judge it based wow. on
1: wow wow okay well
0: there's a I'm not gonna
1: get, <laughs> he's I like get wait a second there's I can, a total i could get super nerdy a total and trail just say, here that i could go down
0: you learn greek based on the person that you took greek with
1: okay so it's like accented almost
0: none of them are actually greek
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> right
0: you could go to greece and be like aristarchus and they're like who
1: that's like, like how so many like, of us
0: no it's and you're like, oh, oh that's well. not how I pronounce it at all. I'm a total <laughs> noob.
1: Well, it's like how most of us learn a language when we are in yeah. high school. The person is not from there at all. Correct. So it's the same thing.
0: Voila. <laughs>
1: and you're like, uh, that's not right.
0: <laughs> yeah. keep saying papas fritas. Sorry. <laughs> Spanish flashbacks. Totally. Uh, Yeah. No. So I don't know uh, how to pronounce the name perfectly, but so yeah. Who are these people? Aristarchus, clearly a prisoner. That's all we know about him. Okay. There's nothing else. There's no other story about him. Now I will say I'm not super up on church tradition. And so some of these characters show up in other things that are outside of Mm -hmm. the scriptures. I haven't even, I don't have the bandwidth to venture into that world yet. So... I'm spending all my time just thinking about the scriptures themselves and trying to, Yes, I'm going to say something's foolish. I try to master them. That's never going to happen in my lifetime. But there will be one point where I'm going to go, all right, maybe it's time to venture out into some church history or the Mishnah or the Talmud or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not even close to that. You're
1: like, I'm not there yet.
0: I'm not an expert in those things. Uh, Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, we know him because Barnabas and Paul started their first missionary journey together with Mark in tow when they got to the island of Cyprus.
1: And this is when Mark leaves, right? Is that that story?
0: Mark pieces out because he's a pansy about something. (laughs) And, uh, sorry Mark, no offense.
1: But then he wants back in. He
0: goes down to Jerusalem and spends time with Peter. So it is my belief that his time with Peter he learns how Peter shares the gospel, and I believe that's the gospel of Mark.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: in my opinion. So that
1: is the mark of the Gospel of Mark.
0: I yes. Is your there okay. there is
1: Speculation. All
0: no, all tradition and everything says this is the Mark oh, okay. that wrote the Gospel of Mark. The question that scholars, the you know, the highfalutin ones that don't believe in Jesus, they look at it and they go, We don't know if Mark was written by Mark, so what are we doing? And they freak out and question authorship and all that kind of stuff. I'm willing to say Mark wrote Mark, but, but my question is Mark is not mentioned as one of the disciples. So how does Mark know what he's doing? Oh,
1: how does he understand it?
0: Right. Both Luke and Mark actually are not mentioned in the 12 or mm-hmm. any of the other discipleship stories we have in the New Testament. So it's very possible these are late comers to the Jesus movement, meaning after the 12. So then you go, well, how did Mark know what to write? How does Luke know what to write? That's a little bit of what we have to break down. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the bottom of it, I think Luke's gospel is close to what Paul would have done to share his gospel. And then Luke talks to a bunch of eyewitnesses, Peter being one. I believe Mary's one and a number of other folks. And that's how Luke builds the gospel of Luke and then the book of Acts. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and then Mark, I believe, is taking Peter's gospel presentation and, and giving it to us in, okay. in written form. So. There's no way to verify any of those details. But those are just, yeah. But I think it's a compelling story. I never read a ton of commentaries on those, and they're all, that seems to be the most justifiable way to sort of explain it. Sounds good. All right, verse 11. In Jesus, or Iesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me.
1: So it almost seems like he's talking about, if so, among the circumcision... Is meaning Jews, right? Yeah, yes. So then he's also making it sound like he has Gentiles there as well, right? So he has...
0: Well, and he's already mentioned a couple. Both, yeah. Because we don't have any clue if Onesimus is a Jew, but his name is a Greek name, so it's likely that he's not a Jew. Uh, Aristarchus, Greek name. This guy, Jesus, or and which Jesus. is really the word Joshua mm-hmm. from the Old Testament... Joshua, who's also called Justice. Justice is a Greek name. Um, So you go, okay, so he's got multiple Greek speakers here. Some might be Jewish like Jesus or some might not be Jewish like Aristarchus or Onesimus. We just don't know their, their background. So, yeah, these seem to be the Jews that he's talking about.
1: Well, and it could be that they also could have just become circumcised also and joined the Jewish. Yeah. Movement.
0: He, The only one that we have from Paul doing that is Timothy. Yeah. And the reason why he does that with Timothy seems to be because Timothy is half Jewish, half not. And it, at least it seems Will to be. Will be the, received that better. Seem, yeah, it seems to be the, there's something about it. Or whether Timothy's half Jewish or half not, the beginning of Paul's missionary journey, he's saying, Timothy, I want you to be accepted in all places. Mm-hmm. I'm going in places that are kind of weird. Uh, and Timothy goes through with it. But there's a number of other passages where Paul says don't, don't get do circumcised on behalf of, of the people who are freaking out about not being circumcised. So then that seems incongruous that Paul has an argument here and then he doesn't follow through with it here. We have to kind of not question his motives and start going, maybe there's a maybe bigger, he's wrong deeper, better thing. reason for him doing some of these things. So yeah, throw that out there. All right, verse 12, we're just moving through these names and you're going to ask me questions about who these people are over and over and mm-hmm. over again. <laughs> verse 12, Epaphras, who was one of you, a, sorry, I said who was, but that's, that doesn't sound right. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Jesus Christ, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God.
1: So we've discussed Epaphras before, from the beginning. Yep. He's a leader. In that church Mm -hmm. and is from Colossae. Basically, we talked about how he went to Paul and told him about what's going on. And that's kind of the birth of this letter. Um, I mean, the ultimate goal is what he says at the end is that we stand mature and fully assured of God's will. Like that's that's a beautiful thing that we can all strive for.
0: Yeah, which actually pulls from... All the themes that he's been pulling through the whole book so far, right? This idea of being mature in the faith, being someone who actually is going to live for Christ in the face of everything that comes our way, that's what he's asking you to do. So, yeah, it's good. Verse 13, for I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and then Hierapolis.
1: And I mean, he kind of says twice that he, because in the verse just Prior to this, he says struggling on your behalf. And mm-hmm. here it's talking about that he's working really hard for you. I mean, he's repeating it, really letting them know that he is for these people. Because you kind of talked about that s- there might have been some dissension. Mm-hmm. There might have been some mm-hmm. something that is maybe clouding some judgment onto Epaphras or mm-hmm. creating some sort of a divide. And so it seems as though... Paul is really wanting to nail home like he is working really hard for you guys and mm-hmm. loves you guys and cares for you guys, wants what's best for you guys. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's the struggle of the letter. And we we don't serve anybody well when we try to push too hard. Even the stories that I've kind of created, I, I, I want to be really clear if you're listening to the podcast, I'm just creating fictional possibilities. We don't have any clue. Yeah. What is exactly going on? But any one of the things that we've brought up so far in this podcast are completely possible. Uh, And just my goal is to always try to make the word of God real to people. And so I want to try to... These are real people in real life having real experiences, and Paul's writing to them so we can kind of create possibilities. Verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas.
1: Okay, so... This is the Luke that wrote Luke. Yes, right.
0: He's a Greek physician or doctor who has come to Christ and is on all these journeys with Paul.
1: And then who is Demas? Demas. Demas.
0: Ah. <laughs> Again, that's just if if I'm right in my Greek. I don't know. Uh, so we don't really know uh, much about him. What we do know is in Second Timothy, there's a guy named Demas who leaves Paul. Paul says he's abandoned me. Hmm. So
1: if it's the same guy,
0: then this Demas story doesn't end well. If it's not the same guy, totally different dude, then good on him. We don't know. He's hanging out with Paul. But but most of the names in this whole string are just people that get mentioned at the very end of the letter, which means that they meant something to the Colossians because they're not mentioned in every letter. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So these are individuals that are for some reason known, which means Paul has a posse of people that they know who he's with and who he's not with. Uh, And we don't know much about them besides this, but I like to think about the fact that they have a whole faith story of their own, right? I mean, we focus so much time on Paul and rightfully so. He's the one that's managing this whole thing. But think about even in our church, how many people, have beautiful faith stories that no one's ever going to hear or very few people have ever heard. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't be faithful and still follow the Lord, even though their story is never going to get told. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's a beautiful thing that I think about a lot where I go, think of all the stories that aren't told in the scriptures that are just as important Mm -hmm. as the big ones, you know? So I don't know. That might be helpful to some folks out there. Verse 15, give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house.
1: So, just very interesting, this nympha being um, mentioned, a woman who has a church in her own house. Like, that's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah, there's actually a number of places in the New Testament where women play a a prominent role in church planting. And so, Paul has a number of encounters in Acts where this woman pops up and she ends up hosting a church in her house. You've got, uh, it's curious that. Paul always talks about Priscilla and Aquila in that order, mm-hmm. and Priscilla is the female in the relationship. Uh, you've got Nympha here. There's a person mentioned in, in Romans that seems to be a female deacon. Uh, interesting. There's just a lot of interesting moments like this where you go, the early church has a lot of individuals who are women who are holding really important roles in the church. Mm-hmm. Cool. Something to think about. Verse 16, and when this letter has been read among you, as have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea.
1: So do we have this letter from Laodicea?
0: Of course, you're going to ask me that question. (laughs) So we don't think so. Okay. Here's the thing. This letter talks about the Colossians, so we know it's written to the Colossians, and this statement right here says it's clearly not the Laodicean letter, otherwise Paul wouldn't have said, read that one as well. Mm-hmm. The Ephesian letter does not actually say anything about
1: Ephesus. How interesting.
0: It, it It's just kind of this thing. Or some have suggested maybe if, if there's any reference to Ephesus, it's been added. So there's a fair number of scholars, because Colossians and Ephesians are so closely connected, that they believe that the Laodicean letter is actually the Ephesian mm. letter. And that it went, to, it went to Laodicea first. So so imagine here, you've got the letters. You, so you've got uh, Tychicus, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And you've
0: got Onesimus. And they deliver the letter to the Colossians along with the letter to Philemon. Those two letters get delivered. Then they head down the road to Laodicea. They deliver that letter. Then they come back with a letter from Laodicea, drop it off to Colossae, switch out letters, go back to Laodicea. As they come back, um, they take the letter to the Laodiceans and possibly the Colossians to Ephesus. Hmm. And they maybe leave it there. We don't really know how these details went down. But Ephesus is kind of a, a blossoming big church at this point. Uh, and it's a significant city in the empire. So there's a good chance that Ephesus becomes the center of where these letters all show up. And since one's found in Ephesus and it doesn't actually have any mention as to where it was from or what it's about, then it could be you. it could be the same letter. So there's a lot of fun scholarship on that. Nobody has any clue, though. Okay. So, again, nerd questions that nobody really cares about. But when you dig into them a little bit, you're like, oh, there actually is a scholarship question. So I'm glad that you asked the question, Erica. thanks. That's what I meant to say (laughs) when I said. I knew
1: you were going to ask this question. (laughs) So are these cities fairly close then?
0: On the same road, just down the road from each other. Okay.
1: But down the road, what does that mean in... Because I, Man, you it, know, American not, time versus you no. Know, it's a been little. a while
0: since I've looked, but if I if I think I'm I think I'm right to say it's they're they're within 30 miles of each other. Oh okay. okay. So they're not like super super not far like away. day's journey. And it is a road. Well, I mean that would be a day's journey unless you're on a horse. But I'm
1: meaning like days as in multiple multiple days. Yeah. yeah
0: no. I mean, t- yeah. Typically they put these towns or cities about a, about a day journey away from each other. So that okay. You would never have to, you know, be out in the night time. So
1: yeah. That's not good. No,
0: they're wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we at? 17? yeah. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfilled the ministry that you have received in the Lord.
1: So this is like a, the first direct quote. I'm not sure if it was originally a direct quote, but it's really meant to be delivered, must be important for Ar- Archippus. Yep. <laughs> Some of these names. I know, right? It's just like sad. Um, do we know who this person is? Or is I mean obviously he's from Colossae and doing ministry in Colossae, right? Part of this church, a leader of some sort. Yep. Because he's needing to fulfill the ministry that Mm -hmm. he's received. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's. Or is in Colossae
0: avoiding the ministry he's supposed to be doing, and Paul says this to him, and he leaves Colossae and goes to the city he's supposed to be doing ministry in.
1: Oh, okay, maybe. I'm just saying there's there's any number of
0: possibilities. We don't know what, but yeah, he's he's, like.
1: and he's receiving, he heard. <laughs> can
0: you imagine receiving a direct prophetic message from Paul? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to get up and go do your thing. Yeah, probably. I hope so.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Verse 18, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. What a great way to end a letter.
1: Right. I always found it to be odd that he says, written him with my own hand.
0: So this comes back to what I was saying a little bit ago. I, Paul was literate, but we all Scholars, way smarter people than myself, so I'm not going to say we all, they are. They spend a lot of time thinking this through. Clearly, we don't have the original letter, so we don't know why this matters. But I don't know that Paul's hands were in any condition to write on his own.
1: Yeah, that's what I kind of thought I remember hearing as well. So
0: what it's possible, if he's been stoned so many times, beaten so many times, this is near the end of his life. So it's possible that he just can't write anymore.
1: But he's just putting like his stamp of approval. Correct. Upon and, it. And
0: part of that beca- could be because of his hands. Part of that also could be because there's this blindness thing that we have popping up all throughout the New Testament. Like he's clearly going blind in some way. So it's possible he wrote the entire letter and then to verify that it was him, he scribbles here at the end with his mm. own hand. Okay. And he says, I, Paul, write this greeting, this greeting with my own hand, these words that I'm writing right mm-hmm. now. With oh, it's so like his signature almost at the end. Yeah. with you. Almost like his handprint or something, you know? So I think it's a cool discussion. Again, this is all in scholarship. Mm-hmm. People are freaking out about it. Uh, but it seems to be that the rest of the letter was written by someone else. I would suggest a ticket kiss or something like that who's delivering the letter. And then you've got Paul at the very end saying, I'm going to verify that it's me.
1: Yes, this is. Yeah, I did this.
0: The fact that anybody debates that this letter was written by Paul. This is one of, like I said, at the very beginning of the podcast, this is one of those people don't really question whether Paul wrote it or not. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's some others that they're like, who says is Paul? So,
1: yeah. All right. Well, that's Colossians, everybody.
0: That was the end of the book. Wow. So now it's time for the deeper dive.
1: You had like a weird <laughs>
0: you like calf yeah,
1: in there.
0: If you any of you wondered, uh, yes, I do that live every, every single time. episode. And some days my throats are in <laughs> a good mood. Some days it's not. So deeper dive. This episode, I'm just going to deal with a quick little concept. I, I want to say this and say it loud and clear. The church gets a lot of things wrong. And I think one of the things that I'm most frustrated with is our handling, and I say our as I'm a Gentile pastor in in an evangelical Christian church, which is a branch of the Protestant group of churches, right? And Mm -hmm. we've got all these amazing branches on the tree of Christianity. My branch typically has treated a lot of these letters as written directly to the Gentiles and we sort of just leave the Jewish word out Hmm. completely. And what I get frustrated with is, these churches were Jewish and Gentile together, and part of what Paul's struggling with, going back to Galatians, the the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 and other places, the struggle is between the Jews and the Gentiles, and the Jewish voice has completely been wiped out for the most part by a lot of us, and I say that Gentile pastors, because we kind of act like, well, Jesus was a Jew, but he died on the cross, and now we can, we're all Gentiles, and we don't have to do what Jesus asked us to do. That argument's all being played out right now in the lifetime in these letters. And what Paul's not saying is dump everything and be fine with it. What Paul's saying is, if you're Jewish and you're practicing your Jewish roots, then practice your Jewish roots. Do your thing. So then he says in Colossians two, if you're celebrating this holiday, don't get, don't be judgy. To the people that aren't judging it or that aren't doing the same holiday. Or if someone is practicing a holiday, don't judge them for practicing it. Just stop. Mm -hmm. The church is supposed to be about peace. And part of the church being peace means that Jews and Gentiles can be together without conflict. Mm -hmm. That's what Paul's overarching mission and goal is. And so when you're reading this, even this final list of names, and this is why I'm bringing it up right now. This is Greek. These are Jewish names. And Paul's thrown them all out there because they all are hanging out together. They're all doing their thing. So the, the, the new Testament is not anti-Jewish. It is not anti-Semitic. This is not, there is no right for you to go, well, yeah, we're not, we're not Jews. And so we go do our own thing. You should have good Jewish friends who love Jesus, who are still practicing kosher laws that they exist. And if you have one, they will help you see the old Testament and the new Testament in new ways. If you have a, a friend who is Jewish but not practicing kosher laws, but they, they are happy to show you their Jewish roots and how they're still a follower of Jesus, then you should be thankful for this book. Because it's saying, yeah, it doesn't really matter in mm-hmm. some of these ways. You don't have to follow these laws. But if someone's convicted to follow them, then don't judge them. Be excited with them and, and celebrate that with them. On the flip side, if you're a Gentile, chill. Like you didn't have access to the truth. You would have no access to it if it weren't for all of this. And so we sometimes act like we've got the truth cornered and that we have it all figured out. We're the ones that know it and we, we got it all nailed. Uh, you should see this in the, the book to the Colossians or any other book in the New Testament. We are ingrafted branches into a story that's much older yeah. than us. And we are... Losers who didn't deserve access to God. And he gave it to us through Christ who broke down the kingdom of darkness that the nations were following. So we did that all the way back in the beginning of the podcast. And so if you think about all of these things going on, the, the Gentiles should be incredibly grateful for what Jesus did. And it's not a Jewish versus Gentile thing. It's something much bigger and much more beautiful than that. So that's the deeper dive.
1: I like that. That's good. Let's get practical. Let's get Practical, practical. Same thing with mine. That wasn't very great.
0: need more chips before you...
1: Maybe. Um, So at first I was like, what am I going to choose for? Let's get practical with all of these names. But then I really... Jesus. Jesus. But then what I really saw is how many people Mm -hmm. surround Paul. Those he does ministry with, those he is discipling, and those he is sending out to continue to do ministry. Like so many people. And every... And some of them are with him. Some of them are already there, you know, like, but he just, kno- he the web of people that he knows mm-hmm. is just, it's, it's vast. And so let us be like Paul and be surrounded by people that are on, on the same journey that we mm-hmm. are, that we're doing ministry with these people. We might be discipling these different people. We might be sending out to disciple others. Mm-hmm. So you have different levels of like friendship or mm-hmm. discipleship with with lots of different people, like, it, that would be a beautiful thing. So that's my Let's Get Practical is surround yourself with good people, but not just, just, not, not just to surround yourself with them, but, like, actually do ministry with them. Actually start discipling each other, yeah. sending each other out to do the ministry or to be discipling others. Like, that is what we're meant to do. So,
0: Paul had a missional posse. You should have a missional posse, too. I like that. That's the way to go.
1: Council Corner with Erica. So my, my Council Corner with Erica this week is therapy, question mark? Therapy? Mm-hmm. And my answer is yes. That's it. No. <laughs> I really, truly believe everyone should get therapy. They should talk to a counselor at some point in their lives or for the the entirety of their lives. I went to a counselor in college for about a year. I was realizing some like really negative thought processes and tendencies. And I started to notice they were becoming like patterns. Like I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I remember doing this in high school. I remember, you know, like you just kind of started to realize that it was, yeah, it was becoming a pattern. So like some of the same thoughts came or I followed these same paths and felt the same way. And it, it just really wasn't positive. So I knew I needed to chat with someone to kind of help me understand where they stemmed from and how to do things better. Mm -hmm. It was a very difficult year, which I spent a lot of time crying and having like highs and lows that were really high and really low. But I'm beyond grateful for that time. And with that being said, I clicked with the first counselor I sat down with And I told one of my dorm mates, like, you should really go and check out this counselor too. Like, I know we're going through some similar things. Well, she sat down with that counselor and did not click. Hmm. And she needed to actually go to a different one. And that's really okay. And that's actually, you need to do that. You need to find one that you actually click with. Because sometimes I think we think therapy didn't work, but maybe it's just that the counselor didn't work for you. So find another one. And I strongly suggest a Christian counselor because... If you are a Christian, then they will have the same worldview as you and will direct you to Jesus who truly does the transformative work here. Not just like making you believe that you can do it and you can be better, but actually realizing like we really can't and we need Jesus to help us. Now, counselors ask, they ask great questions that you would not have thought of. And they really help you to see things that have become so normal in your life that you don't even realize that they're there anymore or that you're doing them anymore. And they might not be the most helpful things for you. So there were a lot of things I remember saying to her and she's like, "Why do you say things like that?" or mm-hmm. "Why do you" And not in like a judgy, rude way, but just like, "You do do you realize that you do that?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't I had no idea because it's just become so normal." I mean, one of the things was like to to never be able to take a compliment, basically to talk down upon myself. And she actually gave me a compliment and I just like justified it. And she's like, you're doing it right now. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like you don't even realize it mm-hmm. because it's become so routine. So I loved that time. And she gave me a lot of helpful things that have continued. And I'm I'm already a super introspective person and just like realize negative things. And so... Going to a counselor would still, yes, be very helpful, but I can kind of do a lot of that on my own, whereas I know people that once they started going to a counselor, they continue forever. So, but I truly think we all have baggage. We all have coping mechanisms that we did when we were children, which were fine. You were a child, but you're an adult now. Those shouldn't be the same coping mechanisms. So we all have things, regardless of if your childhood was you feel perfect or if your childhood had a lot of issues. We all have come into adulthood with with some baggage. And so I am a firm believer that I think everybody should, yeah, be seeking a little bit of of counselor time for a period of their lives.
0: Yeah, and a big reason for that is we live in a culture that doesn't enjoy emotions and we don't talk about emotions, Mm -hmm. we don't deal with things. And so we need a safe space to get good godly wisdom from someone and help us figure it out. And that's what counseling is supposed to be. So yeah. you said strongly encourage. There's very few circumstances that I've thought of where I've sent someone to a non-Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and those have been you know extreme circumstances where I need someone that's going to have psych you know like a psychiatry the meds type and yeah. things that are yeah. Which there are Christian counselors that have psychiatry degrees yes. and other things like that too. And I'm way more comfortable with that with them than I would be elsewhere. So, yes, counseling is a beautiful thing, and it's. It might be more of a necessity than you realize. And mm-hmm. so if you're thinking, man. And if you're on a college campus, there's a really good chance that you've got access to the best of the best.
1: And for like real cheap, usually. Either cheap or free. I mean, they, mine, some was, of mine, them, was, mine wasn't free, but mine was real cheap. Some of
0: them have projects they have to finish. And so you can become a project for them.
1: True. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so utilize it. That's not to say that
1: you're... That you're,
0: you're, you're psychology major of a roommate is the counselor you're supposed to see. No, probably not. I would not. suggest that a freshman with a psychology major <laughs> is not the best person to talk to. So.
1: Freshman? Oh, golly, no.
0: <laughs> but yes, I agree. Go get some counseling, get some therapy, uh, the right kind. Boom. Well, that's our episode. Colossians is done. All right. We have some fun things planned in the we
1: future. We do. Stay tuned.
0: Catch you next time.
1: Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the YAMCast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and and 5 stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at the Yamcast.